Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. Welcome again to our online campus. Glad that you're watching today. Uh, We've been hearing from different people that are not able to come right now and wanted to remind us that they're, they're, they're still watching. And so greetings to those of you we've been speaking with this week, and uh, we're glad that you're watching, glad that you're connecting with us as best you can. Today, we continue our series, Home for the Holidays. It's a little bit of a shift today. I ask you to bear with me a little bit in some things and uh, go on a little journey with me today. It's a little different in terms of this isn't the rah-rah holiday message you were looking for probably today, but we're saving those for next week, the following week, as we move into the holidays a little closer This word has been in my spirit for, working in my spirit, I would say for months. Uh, Today's message is called Home Field Advantage. And it'll be self-explanatory, but let's just jump into the word of God. How about that? The inerrant, the inspired, the infallible word of the living God that is the foundation for everything we believe and everything we work into our daily lives. Amen? Amen. Genesis 6 is where we're going to begin. Verse five says this, then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent, watch this, every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. The Lord is sorry that he had made man on the earth and he was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping thing and birds of the air. For I am sorry that I made them, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Down to verse 13 and 14 from the message says this, God said to Noah, it's all over. It's the end of the human race. The violence is everywhere. I'm making a clean sweep. Build yourself a ship from teak wood. Make rooms in it. Coat it with pitch inside and out. Finally, I want to weave in the New Testament The words of Jesus have been working in my spirit, like I said, for months. Luke 17, 26 from the message says this, the time of the son of man, Jesus said, will be just like the time of Noah. Everyone carrying on as usual, having a good time right up to the day, Noah boarded the ship. They suspected nothing until the flood hit and swept everything away. Let's pray one more time. Father God, would you... Give me the spirit of wisdom that we would bring this message in the right spirit, the right tone. Let my message and my preaching not be with the enticing words of human wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Holy Spirit and the power of God, that we might have our faith truly integrated with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now stick with me because this is not a bad news message, this is a good news message. Okay, a little somber to start, but just stick with me. This is one of the messages you don't want to slip out to go to the bathroom in the last 10 minutes because you'll miss the whole point, okay? Now, we've been talking about home. Last week we said that God's house is home and that home is a key to everything in life. We want to be at home in the presence of God 
and make our homes a welcoming place for the presence of the Lord. Say amen. amen. Now, the reward of a good season in sports is making the playoffs. And those with the best records gain something called home field advantage. It's the place where your team, your fans get to shout the loudest. You get to sleep in your own bed the night before the game. You're not on the road in a hotel somewhere. Home field advantage is something to fight for. And I would say the word of the Lord to me that's coming is protect your turf. Protect your home field advantage. When Nehemiah went to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, destroyed by fire, God gave him a supernatural strategy to motivate the people to do the job well, strong, and fast. Here's what the strategy was. He commanded everyone rebuild the wall in front of your own house. In other words, fight for your own family. That's where your vested interest is. And I want to say today, everything begins with family in God. Everything begins with family and home. Home is where we learn our values. Home is where we set the tone. No matter what you do in your life, uh, we all say when we're teenagers or young adults, young people, well, I would do that different than my parents did. Well, I would never say that. And what you find out when you have your own children is that you start sounding more and more like your parents, even though you you don't mean to. And even though you try to even resist that, why? Because we are, like it or not, our values have been shaped when we were very small. And so some of those values don't actually come out of your mouth, out of your heart till they're tested when you're in another season. And so don't be, don't despise those moments. Just take pause and recognize you weren't as smart as you thought you were, okay? Because you're gonna find that through experience that everything, all the values, the, the basic things of home, life, produce certain values in us. Now, this is a crucial word from the Lord during this moment in time. As I mentioned a few times this past year, there's a battle right now in the spirit realm for the soul of our nation. And I want to emphasize that our primary message here is Jesus Christ, him crucified, dead, buried, resurrected, and ascended to the right hand of God. That is our message. That is the core of who we are and what we believe. If you're brand new or if you've been here for 25 or 30 years, you know that the main thing is the main thing, and it's Jesus. We sing about him, we love him, we exalt him, and we lift him up. What we don't do in this church very often is talk about what we're against. Why? Because we love people and want to reach people. Together with God, we are in the people business. Like it or not, we're not in the... listen. The devil would love you to believe that the church is in the religion business so he can relegate us to the back pages of the newspaper or if, you know, well, newspaper, you know what I mean. Anything, any place, just keep keep them out. Just keep them in the religion section. Just keep them in that little box. That's what the church is. No, but the Holy Spirit is the Lord of all. He is, he is infused in every subject matter that we study in school. He's a part of every part of the value systems of our culture, and we need to exalt him as such. 
We're in the people business. God loves people and we love people. And all are welcome here. Everybody, no matter what your hang up, no matter what your past, no matter what you've been through, no matter what you're believing in your mind that may be the spirit of error, you can find deliverance here because our God is a savior and a deliverer. He will set you free. And many of the people in this room are the testify or are able to testify or have the testimony that God is real, that Jesus is alive and that we've been set free from the powers of darkness and brought into the kingdom of his dear son. We're different than we used to be. We're not as good as we're gonna be, but we're better than we used to be, right? We're being transformed and changed, and I appreciate so much your response today. That's powerful. But in our reverential awe of the living God, we as a church, even though we're in the people business, we choose truth over lies, love over hate, faith over fear, and the inerrant word of God, the Bible, over the ever-changing opinions of man past, present, and future. Now, I want to say this. I'm not naive enough to believe that all the junk going on in the world today is brand new. It is not. It's been around since before Noah. It's been around since uh, Cain killed his brother Abel. It's been around since Eve believed the snake, okay, and messed up the, the... Adam's workplace, which was the garden. This was where they were supposed to be. Things that were whispered though, whispered about in the past when many of us were kids are today shouted from the housetops. If you'd like to know exactly what we believe concerning subjects like human sexuality, gender confusion, or gay marriage, I refer you to our website under messages in the theme Go, go to the theme, The Elephant in the Room from September 22nd, 2019, where we laid it all out there. That's not our main message, so we don't talk about it. Forever, but it is, we go with the Bible, okay? But you can see exactly, so write it down, check it out. This, the theme that month, September of 2019, was called The Elephant in the Room, and the message was called Keeping Up with the Corinthians. I love, I love that title. That's one of my favorite titles I've ever come up with. I thought 10 people would get it anyway. <laughs> but look it up because we lay it out there and I, I watched it again this week. I don't often watch old stuff of myself, but I wanted to see if it still holds up right with what we believe. So September 22nd, 2019, was anybody there that day that, was, that, that remembers that message? It was, it was, I thought it was groundbreaking because we addressed things that had to be hit and had to be adjusted. So I throw that out for you to do that. In the last two weeks during this lame duck Congress, the so-called Defense of Marriage Act just passed, which is anything but. It repealed a 1996 law of the same name. In fact, this one was called Respect for Marriage Act, but it wasn't, it was actually disrespectful. It established a federal definition of marriage as only a legal union between one man and one woman as husband and wife. That's what the 1996 Bill Clinton law uh, signed into law said that marriage will be defined federally as only a legal union between one man, one woman as husband and wife and spouse as only a person of the opposite sex who is a husband or wife. 
Recently, though, even some outgoing lawmakers who call themselves Christians voted to codify this new law as the Respect for Marriage Act, which is a joke. It gives statutory authority to the Justice Department for same-sex marriages, which was already passed by the Supreme Court and didn't need to be said again in Congress, but it was done. Basically, all they did was to prepare the groundwork to prosecute anyone who refuses to perform or provide materials like cakes, venues, caterings, and weddings to same-sex couples. That's all this. This is a ruse, my friends. This is a, this is, this is a, a hidden Trojan horse of some that was stated that didn't need to be stated. And we saw the true colors of both parties. I'm going to talk to you for a few moments about the slippery slope to cultural destruction. Back in, when I was a kid, my favorite song at night when the WDIZ in Orlando, Rock 100 used to have <clears throat> top three songs of the evening at nine o'clock. Does anybody remember WDIZ? Chris, Gary, Pastor Chris. Thank you. Rock on. Anyway. anyway so, sorry. Um, but for about a, about a couple of years the number one song almost every night was Stairway to Heaven by Led Zeppelin. And yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you, Terry. Here's the point. Years after that, the number one song was Highway to Hell by ACDC. And I think we are on the wrong path. Isaiah 5 from verse 20 and 21 from God's word translation says this, how horrible it will be for those who call evil good and good evil, who turn darkness into light and light into darkness, who turn what is bitter into something sweet and what is sweet into something bitter, how horrible it will be for those who think they are wise and consider themselves to be clever. You might know that from the new, new King James or King James has woe to those. But I like that God's word translation, how horrible it will be. I'm gonna give you a few, seven steps real quickly. I'm not gonna talk about them all very long, but I wanna settle on a couple. Number one, the, the first step toward that slippery slope that brainwashes society toward darkness is this. Number one, step one, ignore evil. Ignore it. Growing up, we were in a church that <clears throat> never really talked about the devil. Didn't mention it, didn't mention him. Didn't let us know that that was a real personality, that it wasn't just a, some um, mysterious force or mysterious feeling. <clears throat> or the corruption of man. Some churches choose to still ignore the enemy at their own parable, but, but the word says, let's not be ignorant of the devil's devices. We don't major on, on what the devil's doing in this church. We don't see demons under every chair. We don't see demons everywhere, but we do know when, what to do when we run into them. The Bible says, Jesus said, <clears throat> go into all the world, preach the gospel, 
to every creature, and these signs will follow them that believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. Number one thing Jesus said you would do in being a carrier of the gospel to the nations, when you run into them, listen, I don't, some people are seeing demons everywhere, and I understand that, but under, but get this, when I see Jesus, he's walking around talking to people and when he recognized that there were demons manifesting, he dealt with them, he didn't ignore them, but he didn't go demon hunting. <clears throat> he, wasn't on, he wasn't in the three and a half year earthly ministry trying to hunt devils. He just knew what to do with them when he found them. And he still does, and he does it through you, and he does it through me. So we cannot ignore evil, we have to deal with it. Submit yourself therefore unto God, resist the devil, evil, and he'll flee. You have to submit yourself to God, resist him. Second step toward this devolving of human society and culture is tolerate evil. Step two, tolerate evil. Revelation 2.20, which ironically turned out to be in my devotions this morning, which I had no idea as I prepared this message. This was, this was part of the devotion in the one-year Bible that I read. Revelation 2.20, the church at Thyatira, you're good at this, you're good at that. Jesus said, but I have somewhat against you because you tolerate or allow Jezebel to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality. My friends, Jezebel, by the time John on the Isle of Patmos has this revelation, this picture of this, and Jesus is talking to him, Queen Jezebel's been dead for 500 or 1,000 years, I don't know. She was gone. This is not about a woman. This is about a spirit. A spirit of sexual immorality that permeates the culture to the point of permeating the church. I don't know if anybody saw that the, um, a young man was convicted this week who was a daycare worker in Gainesville. Convicted on, I, don't, I, I think it's like 112 counts of child molestation and pornography. He's going to be in prison the rest of his life. Young guy. Had to be his, probably in his 20s. What happens? My friends, please get your discernment back on as you walk in the love of Jesus. Get your discernment back on to understand that, that evil is working in this world, that demons are here, and you have the power in Jesus' name to Cast them out, push them aside, bind them, break their power, and step on their head. That's what the word says. I have a friend that used to say this, what you tolerate will eventually dominate. So step two, tolerate evil. Number three, a little bit different. Number three, permit evil. Permit evil. Now that's a different thing. Tolerance is still, is between ignoring and permission. But permitting evil is the whole thing of, we used to say, que sera, sera, whatever will be, will be. Um, people have this idea, even in the church world, that if something happens, it must already be God's will. And that's, that's not true. 
That is a lie about the sovereignty of God that people buy into that keeps them from doing the right thing. And so a lot of people in the name of love, sanction, permit, and affirm evil and darkness, even embracing it because Jesus Jesus loved everybody. I heard, um, uh, I read something in my devotion the other day, it comes up in my spirit now. I love this. When the word says God is love, God defines what love is. Love does not define what God is. Because a lot of people, there's a lot of Greek words for love. And only one of them is the sexual kind of love. But in the world we live in, they want everything to be eros, erotic love, and it's not. There are different kinds of love. I don't have time to go into all of it now. But understand, we can't, we don't esteem just acceptance and loving everything as some kind of the, the highest virtue. It's not. It's not. Loving God is the highest virtue. Having relationship with him and worshiping him and knowing him. Number four, legalize. Step four is legalizing evil. Well, if it's not wrong anymore, it shouldn't be illegal, right? This is the, this is the um, mindset, the concept, the worldview of the world. If it's not wrong, it shouldn't be illegal. So let people do what they want to do. But here's the part of step four that's so deceptive. It's all private anyway, Right? doesn't hurt anyone. My friends, there's a whole lot of secrets that are destroying people right now. Good people. Godly people. But whom the sun sets free is free indeed. You can be free. You can live free. And, and, and you're not under the law You're under the spirit of life in Christ Jesus that sets us free from the law of sin and death. Amen? The problem is we get this mindset, so it's all private anyway, and I'll show you how that kind of shifts. Step five, promote evil. Promote evil. No longer wrong or illegal, now Main Street promotes evil as best practices. I've learned something the last few weeks and I just, I'm not gonna preach on this, but I need to tell you about it and give you some information so you'll look it up for yourself. I have pondered and prayed and wondered how these woke values have permeated the culture so much that corporations are promoting this stuff left, right, and center. Walking onto a Delta jetway, uh, going a few weeks ago to to, uh, New York, Delta has these these different people about to go on vacation. And part of them are two guys sitting there together. And listen, this is is part of the line that, that bugs me. You can have your own line. For me, the whole public display of affection thing, we've crossed a, a line as a culture. When I'm having to explain to my eight-year-old grandchild why 
these guys are cuddling. And I wonder, why, how did this happen? A few years ago, I was, a, I was a good customer of Old Navy. And about, I don't know, three years ago, their Christmas campaign or their January campaign, I forget what it was, all the ads started featuring drag queens and all kinds of people that made me uncomfortable. And let me say again, we love all people. This is not, I'm not condemning people. I'm condemning spirits that try to control people. Okay, so please bear with me. Those of you that are more mercy motivated than the rest of us, please bear with me. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. We all... I refer you back to the elephant in the room, keeping up with the Kardashians, September 22nd, 2019. I've dealt with all that, okay? I'm not going there again. Did I mention the elephant in the room? But as I've wondered how we've gone to this woke values lifestyle skyrocketing to corporate celebrity status, I found out some information from another pastor friend of mine and send me some French. I began to read and study and look at it online. Has anybody heard of ESG? ESG. Okay, we got one person who knows ESG. ESG is environmental, social, and governance. Um, put it this way for many years, there have, has been a Sustainability Accounting Standards Board, SASB. You can look up those initials too, SASB. This is, a, this is a, uh, a group of people that sit over the finance of the world bank, of world things. This is, this is big time stuff, okay? This isn't like somebody on, on your local bank board. This is, this is stuff. And so they assign scores. Ever heard of Dun & Bradstreet that gives scores for companies and businesses over finance? Well, this was another step to start to get people, and it, it promoted in the beginning, listen, philanthropy. So, so how investable is a, is a company for the big boys to invest millions or billions in on Wall Street? How investable are you was determined by these certain societal things, including, and they talked about sustainability as a company, and and they would talk about um, philanthropy. So does your company give away money to American Cancer Society or to help their neighbor? Are they good neighbors? Do they do right because it's the right thing to do? So there were grades. Well, over the last few years, that thing has morphed from two separate governing bodies into this thing called ESG. It stands for Environmental, Environmental Social, and Governance. And just like DNB, gives financial grades. This group gives grades to companies on how they treat the environment, which is becoming increasingly more green and all these kinds of things with the, with the whole, um, you know, uh, climate change and all that stuff, okay? And you can, we're not debating that either. But here's the point. The other, the social aspect began to move into this whole woke culture to promote it, and it, it happened overnight. And now, 
all these companies, they don't really care necessarily about the things against the Bible or God, but they now promote them in the name of getting better grades from this body that tries to, that's trying to shift the worldview into darkness. And that's why these, quote, alternative lifestyles have become mainstream right in front of our eyes in just the last four or five years, everything shifted and went on hyperdrive. You still with me? Not, I'm not preaching on that. I just want to say it. Here's the bottom line on that. It's all about investment money, big money. That's what it's about. It's about money. The love of money is the root of all sorts of evil. That's what the word says, okay? So now we've gone from things whispered to things promoted. Number six, beyond promotion, is this word celebration. We celebrate. Step six is when a, when a culture or a people celebrate evil. Then we make heroes out of those who commit evil so they can all feel better about it in the name of clever enlightenment. Aren't we smart? Aren't we enlightened? Haven't we, haven't we progressed haven't we evolved as a society? Look at us. The promise, we're climbing a ladder that's all against the wrong wall. And it's deception. And we've got to guard against it. <clears throat> Number seven. The final step to all this just happened in the Congress or the precursor for it. Number seven is persecute those who still call it evil. The word says professing to be wise, the experts of the world expose that they're actually fools trying to push the creator away from his own creation. And I'll tell you as a pastor, there's a pressure to say nothing a subtle pressure, little things here and there, little nuances. That's why I knew I had to say something now. Just keep going along with the depravity to avoid the pain of persecution. Allowing cancel culture to win over free speech. So what then is our response? Love people, hate demons, and doctrines of demons. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. People are not our problem. Preach the word. Here's one of the problems is that the wrong people got into those seats of authority. When the Bible says, we have been seated together with Christ in heavenly places. We have been given places of authority. We've been given voices to speak. We've been given, we've been given the influence in the world. And the problem is we squandered it by and large. And we as the body of Christ have to love people, but we have to resist the darkness that's there in the name of Jesus. We have to resist it as though our lives depend on it because it does. <clears throat> our job in the midst of this is to build an ark. Our job is to build the Lord's house. Build it as an ark, large with many rooms to house those who want to come aboard as they see the warning signs. 
I recently heard a song by Colton Dixon on Christian radio called Build a Boat. Build a Boat is powerful. Please listen to that. If you're looking up all those other things on ESG and SASB and all these things, please listen and look up the word, the song Build a Boat by Colton Dixon. Dixon, very powerful lyrics, very powerful. My friends, we got to build the love boat. Soon we'll be making another one. We got to build the love boat. We've got to build a boat where people, when, because here's the deal. Darkness always overplays its hand. It always does. I've seen little signs recently of people who have been considered more uh, of that ilk, affected by that mindset that are actually starting to wake up and go, wait a minute, that's a little too far. The whole trans thing is just gone. That's, that's a little, that's a, that, I'm uncomfortable there. Well, you should have been uncomfortable with the whole thing, in my opinion. But the bottom line is, it's our job to build the house. Get God's house ready. It's no coincidence we're building a building right now. Because right now, God wants to do something big. We're building a house. We're building a boat. We're building a safe haven, a refuge for the weary. Just as the children of Israel in Moses' day were commanded by God to get inside the house at the time of Passover. They were told this in Exodus 12, slay a perfect lamb, apply the blood over your doorposts, your entrances. It says in verse 13, Exodus 12, now the blood shall be a sign for you on the house, on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you and the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. When judgment comes, my friends, we don't have to be just hanging out there in the world unprotected. We are covered by the blood of Jesus, the sinless, spotless blood of the lamb. Jesus is the lamb of God. His blood is our protection. And when we're in the house, whether it's in church, connected with God's house, or having the blood of Jesus over your house, We are blessed and protected, but we've got to be awake at all times. I've got great news as I finish. I read something months ago that I saved. Because one of the things I started hearing from people, even in our church, is I'm just afraid for our kids. What kind of world are our kids going to grow up in? How are they going to deal with this? If it's this bad now in 2022, what's it going to be like at 2050 when our grandkids are living here in the middle of whatever the persecution is at the time? How will they be victorious? The great news is, We win, right? But I want to read you a statement by, I don't know who Alex Cravens is, but this, I love his statement. And I I, I decided to have it put on the screen for you as I read it. Alex Cravens writes, don't feel sorry for or fear for your kids because the world they're going to grow up in is not what it used to be. God created them and called them for the exact moment in time that they're in. Their life wasn't a coincidence or an accident. 
Raise them up to know the power they walk in as children of God. Train them up in the authority of the word. Teach them to walk in faith, knowing that God is ultimately in control. Empower them to know they can change the world. Don't teach them to be fearful and disheartened by the state of the world, but hopeful that they can do something about it. Every person, all of history, has been placed in the time that they were in because of God's sovereign plan. He knew Daniel could handle the lion's den. He knew David could handle Goliath. He knew Esther could handle Haman. He knew Peter could handle persecution. He knows that your child can handle specifically whatever challenge they face in their life. He created them specifically for it. So don't be scared for your children, your grandchildren, but be honored that God chose you to parent the generation that is facing the biggest challenges of our lifetime. Rise up to the challenge. Raise up Daniels, Davids, Esthers, and Peters. God isn't scratching his head, wondering what he's gonna do with this mess of a world. He has an army he's raising up to drive back the darkness and make him known over all the earth. Don't let your fear steal the greatness God placed in them. I know it's hard to imagine them as anything besides our sweet little babies. And we just wanna protect them from anything that could ever be hard on them. But they were born for such a time as this. Can you give God some praise today? Lord, we praise you today. Thank you, Lord. We win. Our takeaway today is simply protect your turf. Guard your home field advantage. As Joshua said in Joshua 24, 15, and if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, I want you to think about that one phrase right there. If it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, man, what a flip-flop that is, huh? Some people actually believe serving God is the evil thing today. And if it seems good or seems evil to you to serve the Lord, Joshua said, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, my home, we will serve the Lord. Every home has a choice. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? Father, thank you for your word today. Lord, we celebrate the joy of our season by lifting up Jesus, our Savior, Lord, and Master in the midst of this evil and perverse generation. Lord, we build on and we build on bigger and stronger because we build on a place that will attract people who don't even know you yet. We build for them. We build for those who wake up in these next few weeks, months, and years and say, I need God in my life. This world is going down, 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 and I want to get off. Holy Spirit, would you come and make us world shakers and world changers? Help us to be those who will pray for the next generation and see with the eye of faith that our family members, our children and our children's children will grow up blessed and carrying the spirit of your power inside of them. Love for mankind, for you so love the world. 
the people of the world that you gave your only begotten son. And yet your word says that we're not to love the world system nor anything in it. Because if we do, the love of the Father is not in us. Lord, help us to find that right balance, not just today, but every day. Loving sinners, yet hating sin. Take us past the cliches and the judgmentalism of the past. Keep us, God, deliver us from evil and religious criticalness, criticism of everything around us. Help us instead to point the way, the truth, and the life that we find in Christ. Lord, show us the way forward in this time. And I pray right now for healing and deliverance from anyone who has been bombarded with the ideals and value systems of the corruption of the sin of this world. We break every demonic influence, every evil image of pornography, every evil voice, every evil thing in this world. Father, we just have the power to walk through this time unscathed, but only because of you. Lord, we pray for the young people. We pray for our children and our teenagers right now in Now Church, that you would guard them from the evil one that you would protect their innocence, guard their minds in this minefield of internet sensationalism and the celebration of perversion. Father, set us free. Help us not to just be pointing the finger to judge the world because your word says that the world has already been judged, but that you've come to set captives free move in our community, Father. Set our young people free. Protect those that are working with children. Protect those who are working in law enforcement. Protect those who are working in daycares. God, from their minds being corrupted and bombarded, in the name of Jesus, we break its power. We break this violence off of our next generation. And we release your presence and your holy power. Come, Holy Spirit, Wash us afresh in the sinless blood of Jesus as we apply it afresh over our church, over our homes, over our minds. Lord, and as we take communion next Sunday night in our Christmas celebration, let it be a new season to celebrate your perfect sacrifice. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Put your hands together if you got something from God today. Lord, I love you, Jesus. Thank you. Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, event registration, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you.